Under the light. Yes, very good. All right, Isaiah, why don't you take a few minutes, introduce yourself, and give like a, a little testimony about what the Lord did, has done in your life. Hello, everybody. I guess you all know me. Um, I'm Isaiah, and um, I was saved two months, like, now. And, um, <laughs> and I've been rapping for a while, like a good four years. And, um, like, I changed my words to Christian rap. That's what saved me, too. Like, I want to spread my words into my something that I like to do all the time. And um, I thought I could just spit a couple words right now. Yeah. All right. Um... Chicago, I'm rocking polo and I'm going solo, so leave me alone, I'ma reload in my zone, back in the day I used to think I could get paid by making nickel bag, but that was the past, now I'm trying to spread the word to the people, but we all need to be treated equal, like Martin Luther King said, rest in peace, man I keep a cross around my neck, Man, I'm feeling super blessed. I should put that on the Bible. And I used to keep a rifle. They try to put me on trial because I got caught on the video. But I couldn't go home. They didn't want to let me go. Uh, but I'm in Chicago and that's the way it go. They try to throw the books at little kids trying to flip the script. But I'm from the flex and re react and I'ma just relax, kick my feet up and chill in the shit. Alright, come on up. Everyone give it up for Isaiah. Woo! That was awesome. Thank you so much. You can grab a seat. Alright, everyone. That was pretty awesome. So if any of you have any secret hidden talents, or not so secret hidden, but you have talents or gifts, please come and let me know. I would love to put you in the spotlights. Trust me. All right. So glad you're all here. Who's ready for announcements? Let's give it up for the lovely Christina Pillman. And many, many, many. Guys, we have some quick announcements. We can get them on the screen for you, please. Every Tuesday, we come here. No, we don't come here. We come to my house. Um, and we get down. Lately, we've been just doing things that revolve around the sermon series. Anybody can shout out the name of the sermon series that we're in right now. G oh, Y'all got to shout it out on the count of three. One, two, three. And he surely is. Listen, tonight there is going to be a powerful word. But importantly, listen, we're going to finish the movie Fireproof. Because guess what? This past Tuesday, check this out. This past Tuesday, we were watching the movie Fireproof, and literally the TV goes out. The bulb just dies. The good news is, the good news is, 
We got the bowl fixed yesterday, so give the Lord a hand clap of praise. We're finishing it Tuesday. Just another quick announcement. When we get into the month month of March, (laughs) when we get into the month of March, we're going to be changing up life groups just a little bit. We're going to be meeting every other week, okay? So when we hit March, we are going to be meeting every other week. Somebody say every other week. So if you guys come up to my house today, we're not meeting. I'm just going to open up the door, smile, bless you, and then send you back on your way. If it's snowing, you're going to walk in the snow. (laughs) Just kidding. I love you. I might take you to the bus stop, but that's it. Amen. So listen, every other week we'll try to mention and announce it as much as possible. But guys, write it down. Take my number. Text me. Hey, Pastor Adam, I'm about to get on the bus. Should I come over to your house? Hey, it's next week. Got you. Amen. So there is my phone number, personal cell phone. Hit me up every week. Here at this church, we are very passionate about discipleship. Amen. That is our heart. We love God and we love people. And we know that the plan God is doing it is discipleship. Listen, if you haven't joined discipleship with us, with the one-on-one, talk to myself, talk to Christina. We are taking this to another level. God is so wanting to grab your life and change you and mentor you and send you back out that you're not going to look the same when you go back to your family. It's the power of God, not just coming here on a Friday and saying, I'm cool, I'm radical, I sing songs, I raise my hand, but God is doing it in our lives, amen. And I believe that after this word that we have today, many of us are going to be drawn to it because we're going to realize how much more we are in desperate need of God. I'm not just talking about like, man, I need to go to church, and man, I desperately need God. And discipleship is where it's at, amen. Come on out, come on, let's make some noise for discipleship. Woo, woo, woo! Like we're excited about it. Amen. So this is what we're about. We connect you to Jesus. We mentor you. And then we send you back out. And our goal here, we believe that we're going to have 100,000 disciples in Chicago with 50 churches to plant and 500 churches around the world. Amen. I mean, I tell you, man, if, if you were to tell the disciples back in the day when they're praying together and they're meeting, like, man, you know what? We're going to get this gospel message of Jesus Christ around the entire world. They probably would like, uh, maybe... But the gospel message of Jesus Christ is reaching places, people of all different backgrounds, nationality, languages, the people's lives are changing. See, what's happening here in our midst, there are people meeting in Texas. There are people meeting in New York all around the world right now, and God is rocking them. How is that possible? How can God be right here, but at the same time be touching other people all around the world? He's God. He's powerful, and if you let him into your life, you allow him to change you, he'll do the exact same, amen? Come on, won't you stand for your feet for me? Let's get ties and offering ready, amen? And then we're going to prepare for worship, so if the band can come on up, get prepared and get ready, amen, guys? We just hope that you guys would enjoy yourself. Listen, I'm talking to people that have been here for the longest, to the back, to Melina, who just came in. Let's everybody look back and say, hey! To the very first time visitor, Andres. Everybody say, hey. Amen, amen. Then we got a new visitor in the back. You can wave your hand. Everybody say, hey. We do awkward things like that. She's just like, I want to leave now. (laughs) No, but listen, you came to the right place because God's going to touch your life. Amen. Tithes and offering. Really quick. Tithe is 10% of your total income. How many of y'all have a job? Y'all get paid. I just got one. My man, Jonathan, just got blessed at Wendy's. We're going to hit you up tonight. Dollar million, amen. A tithe is 10% of your total income and offerings, whatever you give unto God after your tithe, amen. That's a way of worship. It's a way of, of praising God by giving your money. I mean, I tell you, you never really know where, like, if you love God, if you can give your money. 
right? You really never know if you love someone. How many of y'all have boyfriend, girlfriends? Woo, woo, woo. Really, I have one. If y'all don't, it's okay. But you really know if you love her, if, if you take her out to eat, right? If you're stingy, like, girl, we're going to go to McDonald's dollar menu every day. No, you can't do that. Take her downtown, Chick-fil-A, hey. <laughs> Little fancier, just kidding. But listen, guys, we praise God with what we give. And no condo bond if you're not a millionaire, if all you have is a penny, Flip that thing in the bucket, amen. If y'all have $10, y'all just made 100 bucks. 10 bucks is where it's at, amen. So let's go ahead and read this out. Preparing to give, amen. Acts 20, 35, it says it like this. Remembering the words the Lord Jesus himself said, it is more blessed to give than to receive. We're going to prepare to give right now. The band's going to begin to play. But guys, as we begin to worship God with our finances, after we're done praying, after you come on up, find a place in this sanctuary right here up at the front to get ready for worship. Amen. Amen. Let's pray. Father, you are such a good God. And you have amazing things in store for us. Right now, we just open up our hearts, God, to your Holy Spirit, to what you are doing right now in the atmosphere. And God, we just pray, Lord, for some of us who are looking for jobs, who are blessed, God, that you would bless us, God, so that we can be a blessing unto you. In Jesus' name, we pray. Come on, come on up as you give. Test one, two. Test, test, one, two. Test, test, one, two. Testing one, two, three. Amen, amen, amen. Praise God. Test one, two, one, two. Amen, amen. I mean, we love this part right here. Worship, amen. We're going to sing songs unto God. And some of us may not be American Idol stars, X Factor stars. Some of us may not even be able to sing. Hey, hey. Some of us may not even be able to hold a note. But that's okay. Look to your neighbor and say, that's okay. Because we're praising God today, amen. Listen, God doesn't care how good you sound. Man, God was really looking for your heart. Amen. So all in this place, let's just close our eyes because we know we're not going to find it. And looking at your neighbor's shoes or looking at what they're wearing. Come on, or looking at me. But we're going to find it looking at Jesus. Amen. Come on, if you can just focus right now on Jesus. And if all you can do is just remember what he's done by dying on a cross. Come on. Jesus, we come to you right now. We just ask, God, that you would open up our hearts. That, God, as we prepare to sing songs, that, God, you would fill our praise. Come on, right now, would you just raise your hands with me in agreement saying, God, would you fill my praise right now? Come and fill my praise, oh, God. Fill this time up, God. 
Come on, Lord, I want my heart to awaken to your love, to your beauty, to your goodness, to your grace, to your mercy. Come on, to your kindness. Come on, let kindness begin to come. Let it flood your heart and your mind right now. God, we worship you. You're such a good God. Come on. If you begin to see how good he is right now, come on, you'll find the reason. You can find the motivation. Come on, if you can put up my mic just a little bit. If you can put it up. God, you're so good. You're so good, and we'll bless you, Lord. Hallelujah. Come on, just bless him right now. Say, God, you're good. You're so good. We praise you, Lord. Come on, this first song is called Taste and See. Amen. And it's a little upbeat. It's a little fast. Come on. It's a little exciting. So we want you guys to move, clap. Come on, y'all can have a little, uh, just like this. Just like that. I have a guitar, so I'm going to begin to play a little bit. But y'all keep on doing it. Amen. Here we go. Come on, sing with me. Oh, taste. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good to me. Oh, taste. Sing it out. And see that the Lord is good. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good to me. Yeah. We praise you, Lord. Come on, every voice sing it, oh, taste. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Come on, we hear you. Oh, taste that the Lord is good to me. Oh, taste and see. That the Lord is good. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is. Come on, sing your turn. You turn my morning into dancing. Put off my rags and clothe me with gladness. And I will rise and I will praise you. And I'll sing and not be silent. Oh, Lord. My God, and I will give thanks to you forever. Oh Lord, my God, and I will give thanks to you forever. Oh Lord, my God, see that I will give thanks to you forever. Oh Lord, my God. I will give thanks to you. Come on, sing, oh, taste. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Oh, taste and see yeah, 
that the Lord is good to me. You turn my morning into dancing, put off my rags and clothe me with gladness, and I will rise and I will praise and I'll sing and I'll be silent. Oh Lord, my God. I will give thanks to you forever. Hold on, see ya. My God, I will give thanks to you forever. Oh Lord, my God, I will give thanks to you forever. Oh Lord, my God, I will give thanks. Come on, sing your mercy. Your mercy will be remembered forever. Your mercy will be remembered. Sing that out. Your mercy will be remembered forever. Your mercy will be remembered forever. Your mercy will be remembered forever. Your mercy will be. Sing it out. Oh, your mercy will be remembered forever. Your mercy will be. Remember, go thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Go sing it out. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Whoa, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Oh, Lord, my God, I will give thanks to you forever. Oh, my God. I will give thanks to you forever, oh Lord, my God. I will give thanks to you forever, oh Lord, my God. I will give thanks to you, your mercy. Your mercy will be remembered forever, your mercy will be. Remembered forever, your mercy will be. Remembered forever, your mercy will be. Remembered for Tira, your mercy will be. Remembered forever, your mercy will be. Remembered forever, your mercy will be. Remembered forever. Oh, oh sing your mercy. Oh, your mercy will be. Remembered forever, your mercy will be. Remembered forever, your mercy will be. Remembered forever, your mercy will be. Remembered for singing, your mercy will be. Remembered forever, your mercy will be. Remembered forever, your mercy will be. Remembered forever, your mercy will be. Come we'll sing, thank you, Lord. 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 Oh, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Come on, sing, oh, Lord. Oh, Lord, my God, I will give thanks to you forever. Oh, Lord, my God. I will give thanks to you forever, oh Lord, my God. 
And I will give thanks to you forever, oh Lord, my God. Go sing your mercy. Your mercy will be remembered forever. Your mercy will be remembered forever. Your mercy will be remembered forever. Your mercy will be remembered. Your mercy will be remembered. Come on, sing it out. Your mercy, Jesus. Your mercy. See what this song is talking about, man. We're going to have so much to praise God. Right now in an attitude of worship and praise with all eyes closed. Man, isn't there uh, so many things that right now if you were to stop and say, man, I can bless God for this. I can thank God for this. And man, when we realize we have done nothing to deserve it. Come on, you're not special in this place. There's nothing good about you, but the Bible says that we love because God first loved us. Man, and he didn't just love us to the point where like, hey man, everything's going to be all right. And just leave us in a fallen state with our sin, destroying, literally destroying our lives and bringing us closer to hell. But Jesus said, man, in his love, in his goodness, in his mercy... Man, he took it up on himself and died on the cross. And when you realize, man, that your sin, as destructive as it is, as shameful and embarrassing as it is, even right now we come and we're singing songs and we may feel that shame and embarrassment. Like, man, I can't sing songs. Do you realize what I was doing before I got here? What was on my mind? What I said? What I did this past week? How I was behaving? But man, let me put on your minds right now that the mercy of God. Oh, but the blood of Jesus. Come on, it's a game changer. Come on, if you want the blood of God to be poured over your life right now. Come on, let the condemnation just fall off you right now. Just lift your hands. There's no condemnation in your life. Come on. There's no one right now that's saying, man, you can't sing because you're not as radical, you're not as crazy. No, to hell with that. His mercy. His mercy. His mercy is seeking you out right now. His goodness, His love right now. Come on, for some of you, we just ask God for mercy in this place. God, have mercy on me right now. God, have mercy on us. Father. Come on, just lift up your hands. Come on, you know you need it. You know you want to. God, I need your mercy to continue to be a disciple. To come into your presence, oh God. Oh, show mercy, Lord. Your mercy, Lord. Come on, fill us up, oh God. Come on, this next song is called rescue and we've all been there at a place man where we needed someone to come and rescue us not just physically but spiritually we're going to sing this next song 
And as we prepare our hearts and as we get ready to sing it, man, if you're at a place right now where you're asking God, God, I need you to come and rescue me. Man, there's some things that Pastor Adam doesn't even know about. My leaders, my family, my friends. Man, I'm dealing with some things, God. Come on, all eyes closed in this place. We all have issues. We all have things that we're praying and asking the Lord to come and intervene. And he's our rescue. Holy Spirit, come on, search our hearts. Right now, for those caught in addictions right now, in Jesus' name, Lord, would you rescue them? Come, we're going to sing this song. As we sing it, just allow the Holy Spirit to continue to work on your heart. I'm going to bring you close to Jesus. Sing, I need. Cause I need you, Jesus, to come to my rescue. Where else can I go? There's no other name by which I am saved. You can't share me. With grace, I will follow you. Come on, every heart in this place. Come on, tell them you'll follow. I will follow you. Come on, you are the source. Every voice. You are the source. Alive, I can't be loved Behind, no one else will do And I will take hold of you Oh, so you are the source For you are the source Alive, I can't be loved Behind, no one 
else will do It's only Lord And I will take hold of you Cause I need you Jesus To come to my rescue So the name by which I am saved You capture, capture me with grace I will follow you Come tell them I will follow you I will follow you. Come and tell them, oh Lord, it's nothing. I will follow. Lift your voice, I will follow you. I will follow you. This world has nothing for me. I will follow you. This world has nothing for me. For me, I will follow. This world has nothing. Push on now. Oh, this world has nothing for me. I follow you. This world has nothing for me. I'll follow you. This world has nothing. For me, I'll follow you. This world has nothing for me. I'll follow you. This world has nothing for me. This world has nothing for me. This world has nothing. For me, this world has nothing for me. Follow you, this world has nothing for me. Come on, right now, an attitude of worship. Let me ask you a question Does God have it all? Come on. Does the Lord Jesus Christ have your whole life? Or come on, does he have your Friday nights? Or does he just have your Sunday mornings or whenever you feel like praising him? Or whenever you feel like being a Christian? Does he have your whole life? Have you given your whole life to follow, to love Jesus? The Bible says that any man who will seek to save his life, he must deny himself, pick up his cross, and follow me. You see, what it does not mean is just coming and singing songs Friday night, but is your life given over to the point where you'll say to God, God, if you say this is sin, God, if you're calling me here, I'm going to listen. Or are you just playing church? Are you just having religion? Come on. 
You're not saved by religion. You're saved by the blood of Jesus. And he did not die so that we can come and pretend that there's some sort of goosebumps or because we're singing loud that there is something in the music. Come on, there's only salvation. There's only life in Jesus Christ. So with all eyes closed in this place, let me ask you something. Are you holding on to something in your life? Are you holding on, whether it's a friendship, relationship, finances, whatever it is, are you holding on to something where God is saying, give it up? Because some of us, the thing how sick it may be, we're holding on to sin. And we're saying, man, I can't just let this go. You don't understand. It's a part of me now. I can't let it go. Right now, give it up to Jesus. All across this place. Come on, surrender to Jesus. God, this world has nothing for me. God, this world and its desires will pass away, but your word will endure forever. Come on. Surrender right now. Surrender right now. As a music plays, just surrender. You know what you need to surrender. Quit playing. We surrender, Lord. We surrender to you. Come on, you can have our hearts. You can have my life. Oh, just give me Jesus. It's all I want. Oh, because it's in that name. There is life. There's salvation. Oh, there is hope. I will follow you. This world has nothing for me. This world has nothing for me. This world has nothing for me. I'll follow you. This world has nothing for me. I'll follow you. This world has nothing for me. I follow you. This world has nothing for me. Come on. I lay it down. We lay it down. We follow you, Lord. Holy Spirit, grip our hearts. You can have it all. 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 Now, if you guys can, and just an attitude of prayer, if you can just stand up to your feet. We're just going to do something prophetic in this place.
And I just sense there's a burden on people's lives. Man, that your praises can't go up to heaven. That your praise and your, and your love, your adoration, it can't go up. It's just stuck around you. And you're focused on self and what you can do in your efforts. But just prophetically, what God is wanting to do in your heart and in your mind, so you can understand how He's working, how He's going to do this in your life. The burdens you're carrying, see, they come not from God. They're not of the Lord. They're from the flesh. They're from this world. They're from your sins. And see, what happens is, the Bible says that the wages of sin is death. So you're working unto death. Your reward is death. And, and everything else in this world will pass away. And it's burning you down. That it's literally almost a weight, a physical weight, that some of us don't even feel comfortable worshiping God. We can't even lift our hands because of the guilt, because of the condemnation, because of the burden spiritually, emotionally that we feel on the inside. That we can't even physically raise our hands. See, that's the strongholds that the enemy will love to have in your life. To burden you down that you can't even worship God. That you can't even look up and receive of the Lord what he wants to give. Ever carry something that's too heavy? You just can't hold it anymore? You just want to let it go? See, the problem of this, we can't let go. In some sick, twisted way, the devil wants to put in your mind that you're going to be stuck there forever. That's who you are. And in your mind, there's no freedom. It's only going to get worse. But Jesus, what he wants to do is he wants to take that from you. So prophetically, this is what we want to do all across this place. You guys can look at me, okay? Just you stick your hands out like this? Come on. You know, like you're carrying something. And it's heavy. For some of us, if we had our hands for this long, we'd have to put them down because we can't hold it no more. And we're stuck in this state, whether it's sin, the world, or the flesh. Here we go. What God is wanting to do is just keep your hands like this. He's wanting you to say, hey, let go. Turn your attention to me. Receive my mercy, my grace, my forgiveness, that the Holy Spirit that I'm giving you right now, and lift your hands in praise. You see, the best part is you can never go from here to here unless it's God. So prophetically, this is what we're going to do. Whatever burden you're carrying, I don't care if it's something dealing with family, we're going to get that off you in Jesus' name by the power of the Holy Spirit. So this is what we're saying. We're taking all our burdens, come on, and we're putting it in our hands because that's exactly what we've been doing our entire life. We've been trying to ma manipulate, trying to control things. This is right now, prophetically and spiritually, as a sign of what God is doing, He's wanting you to let go. And as you let go, come on, let it go. Begin to lift your hands and receive freedom. Come on, receive freedom in this place. Receive God's mercy. Receive His forgiveness. Come on, receive His love. Come on, receive His assurance. Come on, receive His grace. All across this place. Every deceit, everything the enemy tried to keep you down with, we take it off. 
And as you guys begin to lift your hands, just begin to praise God for freedom. Come on. Begin to shout it out. We're going to let out a shout on the count of three because he's forgiven us. One, because God is worthy. Two, because he's here in this place. Three, lift up a shout of praise. We praise you, Lord. We praise you, Lord. it out to you, freedom, freedom, Lord, freedom, Lord, we receive your freedom in this place, freedom in this place, there's freedom in this place, come on and worship him, you're free, you're free. nothing for me this world has nothing for me come sing it out this world good if you believe it and you're free this world has nothing for me nothing for me. Corner your heart. Just in your own words with God. Come on, tell him what that just meant to you. Him freeing you. God, I'm not going to go back to my sin. I'm not going to go back to that burden. Come on, every time you think that, man, I, I, I got to go back, it's not going to be the same. No, no, no. You're free. That burden is gone. In Jesus' name, it's gone. God, we just pray that in this place, God, we'll embrace your freedom. Come on, let's take a couple more seconds. Guys, just embrace freedom. Come on. If Jesus were here, you know what Jesus would be doing right now? He'd be giving you a hug. <laughs> so this is what I want us to do. Come on. Even more prophetic. Just give yourself a hug. Y'all know how to do that? Just go ahead. Just give yourself a hug. Close your eyes. But right now, just imagine the embrace of the Lord. Come on, in His presence. You see, in His arms. You don't have to worry about that. But, but Jesus, you don't understand, man. I, I'm addicted to this. And, and God, you don't understand. My families, they're all messed up. They're not even saved, God. You don't understand. He's, you see, in His embrace, you can't even do anything but just receive the hug and love. I don't know if anybody's ever hugged you so tight that you're just like, man, it's too much. It's too much love right now. Like you just got to back down. But God is saying, nah, until you remember it, until you no longer see yourself the same way, I'm not letting go. Till you can see yourself secure in my arms. Come on. I ain't letting go, he say. I ain't letting go. receive it in this place come on the Holy Spirit is touching some come on let's just stay engaged God we just enjoy your presence oh we enjoy you God <laughs> you bring joy you enjoy in our hearts 
we can't tell you no. It gets so good, God. It gets so good. Come on. Just in closing, God, we bless you for tonight, God. God, open up our minds to your goodness, to your freedom. God, to your provision that you are providing for us. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen, amen. Come on, give the Lord a hand clap of praise. If you guys will, do me the kind favor. Why don't you greet your neighbor? And once you begin to make your way back to your seat, give him a Holy Ghost hug. Come on. good. Amen. Come on, let's give a hand clap for our brother Vinny for help setting the mood. Christina lighting it up. Jesus is bringing sexy back. Why don't you look to your neighbor and tell him, look him right in the eyes with the straightest face and say, Jesus is bringing sexy back. You guys can do me the favor and open up your Bibles to Judges 16. Judges 16. You can do me a favor and lower this mic. It's a little hot. Hallelujah. Amen. Judges 16. Amen. If you're joining us for the first time today, I see some new faces. Just to recap what God has been doing and the purpose of something like this. You know, we're crazy. and We love God and something's up our sleeve. When we literally put up on Facebook, we'll put it on the TVs. We'll put it on the big screen. Jesus is bringing sexy back. How many of y'all remember the song by Justin Timberlake? Yeah, I'm bringing, you're right. You know that song, right? We, we remember it like that. And we just remember like, whoa, can, you, can we really say that in church? Can we say Jesus is bringing sexy back? I'm not too comfortable. But if you haven't been here, it's always been about Jesus. Man, we've been addressing the sexual temptations, the sexual sin that is so common to many of us. And we've been addressing it. And we've been looking at the story of Samson and Delilah. We like saying Delilah with a breathy tongue just because it's fun for no good reason. So we've been addressing the story of Samson and Delilah. Hallelujah. And we've been looking at the life of Samson and going over highlighting six Hebrew words which represent a spiritual, a, a sexual um, sin process that happens in our lives. The first word that we looked at, we looked at enticed. Amen. Open up your Bible to Judges 16, 16. Amen. We first looked at this story 
I'll catch you up. Samson and Delilah. Samson is the strong man of the Jewish people. He is the equivalent of a Rambo. This man can take on whole armies by himself. He was anointed and appointed by God. Some of us think like, man, we can only get stories like that if we make it up. In the Bible, here is Samson literally taking on hundreds of people by himself and killing every single one. People who came against the Jewish people, God raised him up. For that reason, this man is like a Rambo. And picture a Rambo with super long hair. You see, one of the things about Samson, he took a Nazarite vow, which meant that he could not be intoxicated or drink wine, any fermented drink. He could not be in the presence of a dead body, nor touch a dead body, nor could he shave the hair on his head. So those three things helped make him uh, set aside, separated. The Bible says that his Holy Spirit came upon Samson, and he has supernatural strength. Amen. So we get up in this story in verse 16 of Judges 16, where Delilah has been introduced. She is a woman, and she's coming. She's tempting Samson. And Samson and Delilah are playing this board game. And the name of that game is The Philistines Are Upon You. And as they keep on playing, Samson doesn't even know better. But what she's trying to do is basically destroy him, kill him. But Samson engages with it. It first starts off with the, with the enticement. Your mind is open to this like, thought, this game. And, and it's the same way with sexual sin. Your mind is open up like, oh, you know, you're looking, you're changing channels, and you see something like a racy scene. Your mind is open to it. And then we learn in this story, catching up in 16, and it came to pass. You guys can look at it. I'm reading it from the New King James Version. It says it like this. And it came to pass when she pestered him daily with her words and pressed him. That word pester means to continually agitate, to continually bring forth. We learned that, man, sexual sin, it's not one of these things where it just comes and, and then it just disappears for like a year or two. It comes and it constantly presents itself to you. It comes in pornography. It comes in the sexual promiscuity. Come on. It presents itself all the time. It's around us in our schools. It's become almost the norm. Delilah pestered him and pressed him so that his soul was vexed to death. Last week, we learned that word vexed. Somebody say vexed. What that means, it means to be helpless. It means to be pushed down to a place where you don't know what to do. You're, you don't really have anything to do. You think all hope, all hope is gone. She got Samson to this place where that his soul was vexed to death. And he had no way to go. Verse 17, it says that he told her all his heart and said to her, No razor has ever come upon my head, for I have been a Nazarite to God from my mother's womb. If I am shaven, then my strength will leave me, and I shall become weak and be like any other man. When Delilah saw that he had told her all his heart, she sent and called for the lords of the Philistines, saying, Come up at... Come up at once, for he has told me all his heart. So the lords of the Philistines came up and brought her the money. Verse 19, then she lulled him to sleep. Somebody say lull. She lulled him to sleep on her knees and called for a man and had him shave off the seven locks of his head. Then she began to torment him and his strength left him. See, we're going to look at this word lull. That word law literally means in its definition to make sleep, to sleep. And if we go back and look at the story of Samson, 
The sexual temptation, the sexual sin, it didn't start at that place. You see, what was happening when his head was being shaven, the power of God was leaving him. He had given in to sin and temptation. And for many of us, many of us don't just wake up one morning and say, man, I'm going to have sex outside of marriage. Man, husbands and wives, I'm going to have an affair. Man, I'm going to go up and just look at pornography. We just don't wake up and roll out of the bed like, I'm just going to do this. This is a good idea. See, it starts somewhere and you give way to it. And it builds up. And it begins to put you in this place where you think it's no hope. And you get to a place where you're becoming almost null. You don't even know what's going on. That's where Samson was. He was lulled to sleep on her knees. The Bible says that Samson fell asleep, that he did not know he was getting a haircut. Brother was knocked out. They're giving him a fade. And he does not know what's going on. For many of us, we've gone to a place where we've been lulled. We are in a place where we no longer right, we no longer know right from wrong. It's a scary place to be. As a matter of fact, it's a real, almost a physical, spiritual place that a lot of people may find themselves at. You're saying to yourself, nah, that's not true. That's not me. That's exactly why we're talking about it. Because little do you know, you find yourself at that place where you're lulled to sleep. And you no longer even have the remorse for actions, that's whatever, it's just normal routine. <laughs> it happens all the time. It's really normal. It's, it's, part of, it's a part of my healing process. I, I keep on having sex and I come to God, have sex, come to God, or I look pornography, come to God. And it's really, it's, it's what he wants because he likes when he does things in my life and he sets me free. It gives him a place. No, 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 no. We don't even differentiate like right and wrong. Lull the sleep. Open up your Bibles to Romans 13 because how many of you guys know that the answer to any sexual sin, temptation, compromise is not more education, is not more programs, but it's a person in Jesus Christ. Romans 13, 11. Open up your Bibles there. The title of this passage is literally put on Christ. Man, put on Jesus. Like it's a set of clothes. Come on, like it's a fragrance. Let's read it, verse 11. And do this, knowing the time that is now high time to awake out of sleep, for our salvation is nearer than when we first believed. The night is far spent, the day is at hand. Therefore, let us cast off the works of darkness, and let us put on the armor of light. Verse 13. Let us walk properly. As in the day, not in revelry and drunkenness, not in lewdness or lust, not in strife and envy, but put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh to fulfill its lust. See, the answer to sexual compromise is not to continue to deal in it. But I believe some of us here are in a state we've been lulled to sleep. We no longer see the difference between right and wrong. In our spirituality, even in our morality, and what we do and how we behave, we've just associated as a part of life, and we no longer are aware. It literally means when you are lulled to become desensitized, you don't care. I'll give you this example: a husband and a wife. The Bible says, "Husbands love your wife as the, as God loves the church." 
Now, it wouldn't be right for the husband to go out, maybe on the weekends, to go and, and catch a, 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 a movie with another chick and, and get caught up in a hotel. You see, when we think about the, the craziness, like, no, that's, that's wrong. That, that's, that's adultery. That, that's sin. And many of us are at that place right now in our moralities and our actions and what we're doing. And God is saying, hey, listen, I want to wake you up being lulled to sleep. You know, when I talk about sleep, I couldn't help remind myself of all the times I fall asleep. Now, I'm not going to talk about how I sleep. I'm not going to jump in the bed. I, I put the pillow between my legs. I will like this. I put the cover over my legs, but I'll put one foot out, wear one sock. I don't do it like that, y'all. No. Y'all, some, some of y'all might have like the weird routines where literally you cannot fall asleep unless music is playing, unless like you literally have your favorite blanket or your favorite teddy bear, Lawrence, right? He needs his teddy bear. Not you are the teddy bear, but that would be a real... I need Lord to go to sleep. Not at all. Amen? But you know what? I started thinking about this. Like, man, I work at Starbucks. Many of y'all don't know that, but I work at Starbucks. God has blessed me tremendously. They're giving me favor. And uh, sometimes Starbucks has a great idea to serve coffee to people at times of the day where there's no light. I'm not talking about at night. I'm talking about at 4 o'clock in the morning. They want me to be at my job serving coffee to people. Bless them, Lord. But how many of you know when you wake up that early, it's not godly. <laughs> Something in my body recognizes like you need to fall asleep. And so I remember I get there to work and I take espresso shots. If you ever go to a Starbucks and ask for a little espresso, it's basically caffeine about that much. You think like you're getting ripped off because it's that much, but it's like three bucks. But you literally be like, woo, off the wall. So I get there to work and I'm feeling a little like, man, I need to wake up. I take shots of espresso, get through the shift. And, and at the end of the shift, I'm on my way home. And especially now in the wintertime, I crank the heater, let that thing on and just, and it's ready. It's getting nice and warm in the car. Then I begin to head off. I am on the expressway, and what begins to happen? Especially with the heater on. Oh, my gosh. And I'm driving. I tell you to this day, it is by the grace of God that I am alive. Okay? Not because I am a horrible driver. Okay? But because that many times I would leave in my, in my, you know, I'm anxious to get home to sleep in my bed. I'm driving, and I'm just... Oh, whoa, 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 whoa. You know, there's a statistic out there saying that you're probably um, more in danger of getting in a car accident if you're, if you're driving and you're sleepy than you are driving drunk. But by the grace of God, I remember a couple times like, and just falling out. How many of you guys have ever been on a road trip before? Right? Man, I love road trips. Man, I love them because you play all the types of music. You see all the, the, the farms and the cows. You get all these crazy weird games. You get to honk, right? I just remember, like, man, being in, a, being in school bus, taking road trips with my school and, and the Christian school. And we used to do it all the time, stick our hands out the windows. Honk, honk, honk. Yeah. Like, that was the highlight of our trip. It wasn't the museum. It was the honk. And how many guys know that if you take a long, a long road trip, it doesn't matter where to, but sometime during that trip, you're going to fall asleep. Anybody's ever fallen asleep in the car in a long ride? As a matter of fact, we're going to take some of y'all home, and some of you tonight are going to fall asleep in the car. It was funny because I was hanging out with Cynthia and Christina, and they showed me, like, oh, they fell asleep. And it was basically you three girls <laughs> putting on blast, just like, you know, just knocked out. And I remember that. It's just easy to get to that place where you're comfortable, where you just let your guard down. It's just like, 
Ain't no one about to put shaving cream. Ain't no one going to do nothing weird to me. I'm just falling asleep. You know, I remember that when I first started driving, it was in high school. I had a 1988 Jeep Grand Cherokee. And it's not as fancy looking as it is. It's more like a box and it's all metal. And I remember, like, in order to turn, you really had to, like, turn a thing. The, the steering wheel was loose. But I just remember I was so excited to take people on rides. I was like, hey, you need a ride home? I was, oh, my gosh, you need a ride home? Just get me driving. And I remember uh, at that point in time still, like, getting the hang of things. If you guys know me, when I talk to you, I, I'm generally a person who's really interested in conversation. And many much so, like, when I was in high school, I'm taking somebody to really impress, and I really like to get in conversation. So as I'm driving, I'm talking with the person, like, oh, where do you live? Oh, okay. And we start talking about things, and I'm like, for real? Man, that's crazy. And, like, Adam, look in the road, like, oh, that's right, that's right. And, and like, dude, we're talking about something else, like, more juicy, and I'm like, dang, that's awesome. Yeah, dude, like, what? Dude, look at the road. Oh, my bad, my bad. Yeah, 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 right? And it's so easy to get distracted. Man, those road trips, it's easy to fall asleep. It's easy. Man, many of us in the area of our sexuality and our morality, it's easy to get put in this place where we're falling asleep and we're no longer aware of our surroundings. We're no longer aware of our morality and what God requires of us. That we begin to become null. We begin to become desensitized to the Holy Spirit. You see, when God no longer is able to tell you, like, hey, Kevin, hey, you know, so-so, hey, that's wrong. Hey, come over here. We know there's a problem. Many of us are finding ourselves in that place, especially when it comes to the area of sex. I remember the day I had sex outside of marriage. I was in high school. If you guys don't know my testimony, it goes a little bit like this. Born and raised in a Christian home. Knew about the word of God. Knew that I should treat a woman as I would my sister. And I remember getting into high school. Everybody had the girlfriend. I wanted one. So I got in a relationship with a girl. She was coming to youth group. I thought, man, it's good. It's okay. We're good. It's never, we're not going to do anything crazy like those other people. And put myself outside. I remember falling into sin, having sex with that girl. I remember dropping her off home. And I remember the guilt and condemnation that flooded my heart. And I'm just like... I don't know if I can do this anymore. Instead of coming to God, instead of coming to my leaders, continue to hide it. And see, here's the thing. The Holy Spirit the entire time was using my pastors and people around me, friends, to really challenge me. But I was just ignoring it. I was like, man, and what sin was doing... It was really pestering me. It was really pressing me into that place where almost I felt helpless. And you know, my result after feeling like that, I left the church. There's nothing I can do. Left the church. I didn't get right with God, but I stayed in relationship with that girl. You're hearing me today. I was lulled into that place where I did not know what right and wrong. I did not care. Many of us find ourselves in that place today. It's a real place. You know, when the Bible talks about love, about sex, it actually has an entire chapter of the Bible dealing and talking about sex. Good sex between a husband and a wife. Bet y'all didn't know that. You know that the book of the Song of Solomon actually is all about sex. And y'all just flip it as past psalms in between jobs like, oh, it's about sex. Do you know what the Bible says? How it describes it in some of those passages. Open up your Bibles to me, please. The Song of Solomon, chapter 3, verse 5. Hallelujah. So y'all, some of y'all are going to learn today. Don't, don't take me there, Pastor Adam, it's sex. No, 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 we're going to learn. 
Don't get scared. Look to your neighbor and say, don't get scared. He knows what he's doing. <laughs> I hope. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Song of Solomon, chapter 3, verse 5. You see, the person who was writing this book of the Bible was inspired of the Lord. And he was actually, the Bible comes to know him as the wisest man who have ever lived. You see, when we talk about the area of sex, you see, you need to involve wisdom. Amen? Hello, somebody. Song of Solomon, chapter 3, verse 5. It says it like this. I charge you, O daughters of Jerusalem, by the gazelles or by the does of the field, do not stir up or nor awaken love until it pleases. We're going to read that last part. By the, by, by the gazelles or by the does of the field, do not stir up nor awaken love until it pleases. Man, did you know that the first mention of sex, before it is mentioned, the Bible talks about in Genesis, there was man. Y'all remember that story going back to the beginning? God created the heavens and the earth, then he created man, right? Get to that point. Man was by himself. And God says, man, it's not good for man to be alone. So what the Bible then begins to tell us is that God put Adam to sleep. It was a divine sleep. God had purposed him there to be there. And while he was asleep, the Bible says that he took out a rib from the man and made, whoa, man. He made woman. And the Bible says that when Adam woke up from that divine God claws sleep. He woke up to a naked woman. See, man, there's no better way to wake up than to a naked woman. If you're married, bless the Lord for Stephen Carmen. Hallelujah. Come on, give a clap. Awkward. And we're going to move. <laughs> now y'all clapping. Woo! Amen. But see, I'm telling you, listen. In the, in the God-ordained rules, in the God-ordained um, boundaries, sex is good. Hello, somebody. You see... God had caused Adam to fall asleep. God purposed him there. So when that with the man woke up, he found his wife and he engaged with her. The Bible says that they became one flesh and they became one. That means they had intercourse. And the Bible begins to tell us God's purposes for it. You see, it's a good thing. Many of us, when we go back to Song of Solomon, God wants us to be in our sexuality asleep. He wants us at a place where we are just loving him and in control of our, of our flesh, in control of, of, our, of ourselves. And it says it like this, do not stir up love or awaken love until it pleases. Man, many of us now getting to this place, we're trying to find and we're looking for our spouse. We're looking for uh, some sort of uh, uh, satisfaction. And we're not coming to Jesus first. We're looking everywhere else. And it's not satisfying. But what we're doing in our hearts, we're waking love. You see, in the purpose of love in this entire passage, it talks about, even throughout the Song of Solomon, how sex is good and how pleasing it is and such a great thing. Many of us have awakened love and we're not married. And we're finding ourselves in places and situations with our morality being checked at the door. Our spirituality leaving all because of these desires. 
perversion. And man, it has a way to whoop you down, keep you in a chokehold, and leave you there. Do not awaken love or stir it up until it pleases. Man, what do we do? You see, there's a lot of people today, whether in church or not in church, that they're dealing with this and they don't even know it. You see, you know what the problem is? Is that people don't know they have a problem. You see? Do you know that when the Super Bowl goes over to a city or a town, the major cities, did you know that there's always a, an influence, always an a, um, increase of sex trafficking always around the Super Bowl? Young women being sold as sex slaves. And churches have realized that you guys don't even know that we're watching TV. And even on the TV, they're promoting sex. They're promoting and putting it in front of you like you need this. You need to have any way. It's enticing you. It's pressing you down. But listen, even much more so outside sex trafficking. Some of you guys don't even realize that Elsa Subo, they won. Oh, you know what? The Ravens won. Ray Lewis won. Woo! We're unaware of the things that go around outside and around and many of the people, you know what they say to themselves? There's no problem. It's just normal. It's just a part of life. It's bound to happen. Oh, you know what? I'm influenced by it. So what? It's okay. That they're in this place. That their morality, there's no longer a right or wrong. It's come by the wayside. It's come as you please. For many of us, we're caught in this place. For many of us who are in the church, we're caught in this place. And you know what happens? We're ashamed. We're embarrassed. We are struggling. We're addicted. And we don't have life. You see, what, what begins to happen, the Bible says that he was vexed until death. You see, the purpose of sin, perversion, sexual, is to take you out. Open up your Bibles with me to Matthew. I'm sorry, to Luke chapter 7. Luke chapter 7. See, people don't even know there's a problem. You see, the, you see in, in our efforts to try to do something to counteract it, you see, we were all, everybody, whether you're a, a Muslim, Buddhist, a Jew, whoever you may be, we all know there's an issue. There is a problem. You see, the answer is not in educating young people. You see, now today... In, in the carnal mind, when people will begin to do like, man, there's a sex problem. There are a lot of young girls. Schools will say this. Schools, principals, there are a lot of young teens getting pregnant at an early age. What's the answer? Hey, we need to educate them. Oh, okay, let's have sex ed. Okay, let's do that. And they think that by the sex ed, they think that by giving people stats, it's going to solve the problem. If that was the, the answer, then we wouldn't have this issue. But increasingly, year after year, within your friends, you can look at it in your high school, it's really an issue. And everybody's been falling asleep. Sex ed's not the problem, or sex ed's not the answer. Jesus is. Only the person of Jesus Christ can satisfy you sexually. Let's go here. Luke seven eleven. There's a story when we catch up to the book of Luke in chapter 7. Jesus is now traveling and he comes across a centurion man. And that story prior to the one we're going to get into now, Jesus had healed the servant of the centurion. So now Jesus is continuing to walk and we catch up in Luke 7:11, where it says it like this. Now it happened the day after that he went into a city called Nain. 
Somebody say Nain. The actual term, the actual word for Nain is beautiful. And I believe that Jesus Christ, what he's wanting to do, he is coming here into your heart, into your life, and he's wanting to restore your sexuality. He's wanting to restore your heart and make it beautiful. Because that's all he wanted to do. And then many of us in this place, in a moment of honesty, hey, there's an issue. There's a problem. Hey, there's something wrong. But we're fast asleep. And we don't say anything. We don't do anything. Hey, don't do that. You know, if you do that, you're going to keep on not wanting to go to church and you're going to feel all this condemnation and sin is in your life. Hey, don't do that. And Dude, it's all right. I've been here before. It's, it's okay. We're fast asleep, but Jesus, the Bible says, wants to make you beautiful. If I could have Vinny come up on the keys for me, please. Let's continue reading. And many of his disciples went with him. And a large crowd. Verse 12. And when he came near the gate of the city, behold, a dead man was being carried out. See, Jesus is making his way out to this city called the beautiful. And he's walking in. The Bible says that when he gets there, he sees a funeral procession. He sees people carrying a coffin and a body. And the Lord Jesus Christ, God, is witnessing this. And we find out a little bit about who was dead. It says it like this, verse 12. And when he came to the near the city, the gate of the city, behold, a dead man was being carried out. We found out who he was. He was the only son of his mother, and she was a widow. This young man was the only heir, was the only one she had to keep her legacy going. This widow who had lost her husband had now lost her son. So that no one in future generations would be able to come back and remember her, tell her story. You see, what happens is this isn't only an issue of just your sexual uh, uh, promiscuity. It's not an issue of just your sexual being. It's an issue of your family too. See, there is an enemy out there. And he would so love to use perversion to destroy your heritage, to destroy your legacy. To destroy the holy momentum. For some of us, we are the only ones saved in our family. And he will love by the area of perversion to destroy and take away the witness of Jesus Christ. And what God is doing in your life. It not only affects us in, in our own being, but it affects our family. Here this woman is. This widow. Her son was dead. Verse 13. When the Lord saw her. He had compassion on her. Wow. He had compassion. What's, what's God's response to you right now? If, if you find yourself asleep. Hey, sleeper, if you're sleeping, your sins. What is God saying to you right now? Oh, how does he feel? He had compassion on her. And he said to her, do not weep. Verse 14. Then he came and he touched the open coffin. I love this. It's an open funeral. It's happening in the middle of the street. There are some pallbearers. They're probably carrying the coffin as they would. And, and people are grieving. And Jesus, having compassion, will we stand to our feet? Jesus having compassion. He doesn't let it go by, but he comes up. And the Bible says that it was an open casket. 
You see, you may be caught in this place of sexual sin. Listen to me. You may be caught into this place of perversion where the chains are keeping you down. You may be dead in sin. But hold on, it is an open coffin. You're not so far away that Jesus Christ can't come up and do something about your situation. It was an open coffin and Jesus comes up to her and he says, Hey, do not weep. Then he came, verse 14, he came and he touched the open coffin. And those who carried him stood still. Jesus is coming. And I can just imagine this picture. People are carrying and Jesus coming in front. And they're stopping. It's just like, what are you doing? We got to go around you. And the Bible says that he touched the open coffin. You see, that word right there doesn't do justice of what the Greek translation means. It means that Jesus latched himself on. Imagine that. You're carrying this young man. People are hurting. People are in pain. And they're dealing with this issue. They're thinking, this is never going to change. Let us weep. We're going to be here forever. Jesus comes and he attaches himself to the casket. You see, Jesus is trying to attach himself right now to some of us. And he says, young man, I say to you, arise. See, only Jesus can talk to a dead person and bring life. Only Jesus Christ has the authority, the power to speak to the dead and bring them unto life. He says to him, young man, I say to you, arise. So he who was dead sat up and began to speak and he presented him to his mother. Man, some of us are in this place right now in closing. We're going to get ready to pray. Some of us are at this place right now where, man, I'm, I'm stuck right now with all eyes closed in this place. So you don't deal with this lightly. Man, you know what, Adam? We've been talking about this so much, so long. Jesus bringing sexy back. We know we deal with it. Can you just let us be? We just want to feel okay. And Jesus is walking by and you're dead. And he's latching himself on you right now. And he's saying, listen, I can't leave you like that. The Bible says he comes and he speaks to the young man. He says, get up. Get up. The young man, the dead man, he who was dead, dead, raises up from the dead and is alive. And he began to speak. You know where it's going to start tonight for some of us is our confession. He's like, Lord, I need you. Lord, who am I kidding? I'm dead. God, I can't do this anymore. God, I can't do this on my own strength. God, my relationship right now, God, I can't do this on my own strength. God, and my sexuality and my morality, I can't do this on my own strength. God, I'm dead. And he comes and he says, wake up, arise. Right now, with all eyes closed and head bowed in this place, some of us are dead. Our sexuality, you know, we've been at this place where for a while we're thinking to ourselves, it's, it can't get any better from here. Just going downhill. In closing, Jesus is coming to you. Jesus is here. He latches himself around you. The Bible says the young man spoke. Many of us, we're going to have to speak. Young man, you may feel ashamed 
uh, probably the the steps afterwards. You may feel the embarrassment. You may think like, man, it's gonna be hard, sir, young lady. You may be thinking you're the only one in the church dealing with it. Jesus says, "Wake up, wake up, and speak, and speak." He wants you to begin to speak, so that you can begin to confess unto the Lord, so that salvation, so that healing can come in right now. Just with all eyes closed, but I just sense by the power of the Holy Spirit that many of us are entangled in this, and much of the shame is having to do because of unrepented sin. We just brush it off as normal. Come on, right now, God is putting His finger on it, Lord. God, we come to you in our morality, in our sexuality, and God, we ask for you to cleanse us right now. If you want God to cleanse your mind, come on, to cleanse your heart, come on, to make you new, to bring restoration into your life right now. Listen, I just want you to lift your hands. Come on, just lift your hands. Hands going across this place right now. Come on, just confess to God. God, I need you. Lord, I need you. Lord, I need you. Come on, He's saying, "Wake up! Come on, wake up! No more sleeping. No more dying to your sin. Come on, wake up! You're alive in me. Come on, Jesus, God, I pray right now for every person with their hands raised. God, in this area, God, would you bring wholeness? God, would you bring restoration? God, would you bring the satisfaction that's only found in you, Jesus? Come on, right now, God, we come against that condemnation and the fear of man, God, that would stop us, that would deny us your mercy, your grace. Come on, let me tell you right now, His grace is enough. Man, I'm gonna have to confess to Pastor Adam. I'm gonna have to confess to my leaders. Man, I want to feel ashamed. His grace is enough. It'll get you through. He'll get you through. If His blood was sufficient enough to save you, His blood is sufficient enough to keep you. His grace is enough. In closing, right now, in your own words, before we leave this place, would you come to God and tell Him your words, like God, I need you. Could I receive your grace? now we just receive of you Lord come just receive you we're going to close out in worship right now oh holy Jesus only you bring restoration and healing just receive it right now. Come on. Oh, Jesus. No morality. God, we don't want to be asleep. We don't want to be, God, uh, desensitized to what you're calling us to do, to the sin in our life. God, we repent right now. We come to you, O oh Lord. In closing, we're going to sing that song again. And I need you, Jesus, to come to my rescue. Come on.
Come on, it's only in Jesus. Come on, you can begin to make your way and find a place in this altar. Find a place in this sanctuary. Come on, we're going to close out in this worship song as a proclamation, as our declaration of the freedom of the new identity that we have in Christ. Come on. sing this song listen I don't care if you can't sing I want you guys to sing this as your anthem come on is it possible to be free from sin come on young man is it possible for you to be awake for you to be physically dead and come back to life it's possible only by Jesus come on Lord, we come to you right now, and God, we just pray, Lord Jesus, continue that work, God, as we sing this song, God, touch our hearts, open up our minds to receive what you have, in Jesus' name, come on, you are the source, you are the source of life that can be loved. Behind, no one else will do. And I will take hold of you. Come on, sing it on. You are the source. You are the source of life that can be loved. Behind, no one else will do. And I will take hold of you. Come on, hands lifted in this place. Come on, let's sing. Cause I need you, Jesus, to come to my rescue. Can I go? So the name by which I am saved, you capture me with grace. I will follow you, oh, and I will follow you. sing this world oh you are the source of life that can be left behind no one else will do And I will take hold of you. Don't sing it again, you are. Oh, you are the source of life. And 
going to be dragged away into that sleepy state where we no longer care. God, will we no longer know the difference between right or wrong. God, we're no longer lulled into sin. But God, we'll follow you until life. We'll follow you until grace. We'll follow you until forgiveness. Come on. We'll follow you, Lord. Follow you, Lord. Corner closing. This world has nothing for me. This world has nothing for me. Oh, follow you. This world has nothing for me. I will follow. Come on, tell him. This world has nothing. I will follow you. This world has nothing. Come on, shout it out. This world has nothing for me. This world has nothing for me. Shout it. This world has nothing for me. This world I'll follow you This world has nothing It has nothing, Lord I'll follow Come on This world has nothing For me Follow you This world has nothing For me I'll follow This world has nothing for me. 
difference tonight between someone who was saved by grace and someone who has received the forgiveness of God is someone who has uncovered themselves and embraced the Lord. Someone who's not ashamed of the shame they would feel but someone who is excited to embrace grace and forgiveness. The person who will leave here tonight changed, set free, is the person who will continue to come to their knees, to come to God with their issues, especially sexual sin perversion. That person, every time, will receive grace from the Lord, will receive forgiveness. Well, listen, don't let it stop tonight. God, we are empowered by your spirit. God, we no longer carry burdens of sin, but we're set free. God, let us be, let it be that in our heart as we leave. That God, if there's relationships, we need to go back and say, listen, we can't be in a relationship. We no longer have sex. Come on. Come on, if there's accounts that you need to delete, secret sins that you know that possibly waiting for you, you need to go back and tell that thing no more come on tell that issue tell that addiction no more in closing Jesus I pray that Lord believe this place full of your grace full of your truth God empowered uh-huh. empowered God so that people here God will know the difference man why why don't you like me why don't you why do you always like get uncomfortable around when I'm talking about this what I'm doing because like, God has changed my heart receive it, Lord. Restore us in Jesus' name. Come on, somebody said. Come on, somebody said. Come on, give them a hand clap of praise. Do me the favor. Won't you hug somebody? Guys with guys, girl with girls. Come on. Love on them. Uh.